verse or two. But we, I need you today to get this in your spirit. Today I want to talk to you about independence or dependence. Independence or dependence. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and beginning in verse number 1. I want you to listen to this chapter very closely. Don't be distracted. You need to hear these words. You say, Pastor, this was a long time ago. This was written to a, a, a different people. If it, if it applied ever, it applies today. Listen. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give you, your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you, testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines his child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone. Copper is abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your field, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land He's given you. But that in the time, but that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you. For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that He led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it's hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all of this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this. 
But I assure you of this. Everybody say, I want to be assured. I want to know. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods worshiping bound down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord had destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. The Lord spoke to Noah in our day, in our time, and he said, Noah, I need you to build an ark. You got six months. There's a flood coming. I'm going to flood the earth and destroy the world. But I want to save a few people, so I, I, I need you to build an ark. Six months passed, the sky got cloudy and the rain began to come and the Lord looked down and saw Noah sitting in his front yard and there was no ark. Noah shouted the Lord, where's my ark? Lord, please forgive me, begged Noah. I did my best, but there were some problems. First, I had to get a building permit for the ark's construction. But your plans didn't meet the code. And so I had to get an architect to, to redo it. I had to hire an engineer, and after a long argument, uh, we couldn't decide whether to put in a sprinkler system. Then my neighbors started complaining and objecting that it was uh, violating the zoning ordinance. And it's blocking the view in the front yard, and I was killing the dandelions, and I had to get a city variance from the planning board. Then I had a big problem, getting enough wood for the ark, because there was a ban on cutting trees to save the spotted owl. I tried to convince the environmentalists and the Fish and Game Commission I needed the wood to save the owls. But they wouldn't let me catch them, so no owls. Next, I started gathering up animals. But I got sued by the animal rights because I was just taking them two at a time and they wanted me to take them all. Then the Corps of Engineers wanted a map of the proposed floodplain. So I sent them the globe. The IRS has seized all my assets because I'm trying to leave the country. And I got notice from the state that I owe some kind of usage tax. And I don't think I can finish this ark in less than five years. Well, with that, the sky cleared up. The sun began to shine and a rainbow arched across the sky. Noah looked up and smiled and said, You mean you're not going to destroy the world? No, said the Lord. I'm too late. The government already did it. <laughs> Oh, this weekend we're celebrating the birthday of our nation. And we have come a long way from where we started. Some good, some not so good. Some for the better, some for the worse. But we look today as we celebrate, it's important to know, amen, that the men who started, the men who put their names and signed this Declaration of Independence, amen, they, as John Adams said, whether we live or die, sink or swim, succeed or fail, I stand behind this Declaration of Independence. And if God wills it, I'm ready to die in order that this country might experience freedom. Do we have the passion today 
There's still those. Thank God as I look around at these men and women who are willing to serve this great nation. But there's so many, amen, that are not willing to put their name on a document. They're not willing to stand up for freedom. They're not willing to fight. And they're sure not willing to die. But it was that kind of patriotism that day that said, whether we fail or succeed, sink or swim, I'm willing to die for this freedom. And it was that kind of patriotism that caused common men to rise up with nothing more than hunting rifles and squirrel guns and came to fight a powerful nation. And they paid a terrible price in that revolutionary war. But they fought. And today, we can say we're the land of the free and the home of the brave. But it did not come without a price. There's always a price for freedom. Freedom is not free. And freedom is not to do whatever you want to do. But freedom is to do what is right. We forget so many times that our ancestors, they didn't just make a declaration of independence. My, my question to you today as we started Independence or dependence? You see, our founding fathers did not just declare independence from England. But they also declared dependence upon someone. What was it? They declared their dependence upon Almighty God. Our is descendants, our forefathers, the one that, that, that put their names at fault, they had a purpose. They had a plan. They had a vision. They had conviction. And it was, as we said a while ago, in God we trust. The second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And they are endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In the closing words of the Declaration of Independence solemnly states, With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. I believe it's important in 2022 to remind people of where we started and why we started. Everything is being changed. Things are trying to be erased. Amen. This nation was founded upon God. It was founded upon Christian principle. Though today you don't get that in your, in your education. Things are being erased and they're taken out to try to erase God. But we've got to understand that our prosperity and our power and our world leadership, amen, if we forget God. What did he say? Be assured of this. If you forget God, you'll be destroyed. So many people today are asking, what's happening in America? When we, were, when we were overseas, we were in Italy, and, and, and we had people from different countries asking us, what's going on in America? Why are they doing that? 
The world is shaking their head going, we don't understand. Many of you that are here today, you, you, you remember. If you were in school uh, many years ago, you'll recognize this name. Patrick Henry. How many teenagers, young people today, do you know the name Patrick Henry? Were you taught what Patrick Henry said, who he was? Let me just give you a little, just a little synopsis. Patrick Henry was a famous statesman and an orator of colonial Virginia. 1764, he was elected to the House of Burgess when he became a champion for the frontier people. He was supporting their rights uh, uh, against the arrogant exercise of power. Uh, And so in 1774, he was a delegate of the First Continental Congress. 1775, before the Virginia Provincial Convention, he, he was deeply divided between England and those who desired freedom. And he uttered these famous words. Maybe you didn't know that name, but maybe you recognize this. Give me liberty or give me... During the Revolutionary War, he became commander-in-chief in Virginia's military force and a member of the Second Continental Congress. Helped draw up the first Constitution of Commonwealth of Virginia. Largely responsible for drawing up the amendments to our Constitution known as the Bill of Rights. He became Virginia's first governor. Patrick Henry was re-elected four times. Then he retired. But the people didn't want him to retire. And they elected him for the fifth time. But he was serious. He, he, he wouldn't show up. He wouldn't take his post. He was offered a seat in the U.S. Senate. Posed as ambassador to Spain and France. President George Washington asked him to join his cabinet. Become secretary of state. And later wanted to appoint him Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Nevertheless, he refused all of these honors. But he was a respected patriot who loved God, loved this country. And a few things you may not know. With some other words that he said. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you hear that taught in school? No. His last will and testament was filed in the Brookneal County Courthouse in Virginia. And when they read his will... You'll see that he left everything to his children. That's what most people do. But it's that last paragraph in his will that I want you to hear today. And I think as parents, this is what all of us would want to say. I have now given everything I own to my children. There is one more thing I wish I could give them, and that is Christ. Because if they have everything I gave them, and don't have Christ, they have nothing. I believe that it's now, it's in this time, it's in this kind of environment that we need to come back and look and say, what did our founding fathers really mean? 
There's so much debate over the Constitution and this and that and what's right and not. And we look back and it was, it's very obvious when you read and you read their declarations and you read their testimonies and you look at and realize that the majority were Christians and two were pastors. And I mean, these people loved God. They believed in a free nation, but not from God, but under God. You see, we have a nation right now that wants freedom from God. And when you begin to try to have freedom from God is when the trouble comes. Moses told us, I mean, it was very strict. He said, the Lord's bringing you to a good land. How many would say this is a good land? It's a land of plenty. It's a land of opportunity. It is a land, amen, of wealth. And and you can do and be anything that you set your heart and mind to be. And you can succeed, but you can't do it without God. Because God said the day that I bring you in and I bless and I prosper you, that you forget God, you'll truly be destroyed. And we see that America is not being destroyed from without, but America's being destroyed from within. And we've got to be careful that when we've, we've tasted, we've eaten, we've enjoyed, I mean, we take our freedom for granted and we forget that people paid a price, that blood was shed, that lives were given, and it was for the purpose and the reason of exalting a nation that would exalt God. When we forget that and begin to put God out, our destruction begins. We must be careful. Parents, be careful that you stop, that you don't stop teaching biblical principle, that you don't stop teaching the principles of God's Word, that you don't stop teaching the Ten Commandments, that you don't uh, put in your kids', kids hearts the law of God and a love for God and a love for the things of God and teach them, amen, that yes, we work hard and God blesses us, but if we forget God, If we disobey God, destruction is soon to follow. This is true for a nation, and it's true as us individuals. We've got to understand that nations and individuals, we can experience greatness, but we can also experience destruction. Righteousness and justice are determining factors. Listen, righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness. Hey, when the world would look at us, and because we did what was right, but the world is looking, and they're seeing it's America's ways, and their sinfulness, and the destruction, and every, every turn we're denying God, and pushing God from our existence. And sin and evil always destroys Sin is a disgrace to the people. But you see, our modern society, we've become successful. And and we have status. and, And we have security. And we're blessed. And because of those blessings, we get comfortable. And then we have self-indulgence. And, and, and if it feels good, do it. And nobody can tell me what to do. And, and, and I just want to enjoy life. And I don't want to have any responsibility. And I don't want to have to fight. And I don't want to have to obey and I just do as I please. 
we become a society that has permitted everything and a permissive society has turned freedom into a license to sin. Can I tell you today, I don't care who says what. If God's word says it's wrong, it's wrong. If God's law says it's sin, it's sin. And they cannot legislate sin and call it righteousness. When we abandon moral law and scripture, when we, 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 it is amazing where we're at. We have abandoned God's word. Do you agree? Where, where, where did it all start? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of where it came from. And we, we, we know it's the devil. And we know sin. And we know that God, that the enemy hates God's righteousness and God's people. But I'm telling you, this is all by design. It's a plan. That was, I mean, they, they founded this nation so that we can have religious Freedom, freedom of religion, and it was it was the, the, the in Connecticut there was a the, the uh, um, Congregationalists, I believe had somehow said okay this is the this is the the uh, official uh, religion and they were giving them some tax money but the Dansbury Baptist didn't like that if you're gonna give them money give us money and they were writing letters but it was John Adams that sent a, a letter in response to that. And said, no, we're not going to have an established government religion. There's a separation of church and state. That was a letter written by him. It's not in our Constitution. But I'm telling you, there's probably lawyers today uh, uh, graduating from law school that probably think this is in the Constitution. It's been so drilled and taught, and they've never read it for themselves. It's not there. Little by little by little. One law, one Supreme Court ruling. 64, 67, 80. Each one of them. First of all. Um, we better not. They, they, they were saying a phrase. It was a prayer to start school. Didn't even mention God. But they said, no, you can't say that. Because if you say that, the kids might think they're talking about God, and that's unconstitutional. And that's where it started. Then the next one came down. The children were praying. Simple prayer. Lord, bless our nation. 22 words. I don't remember exactly. Bless our nations. Bless our parents. Bless our teachers. Now, how harmful is that? Does anyone want our nation blessed? Does anyone think the teacher should be blessed? Anybody think the parents should be blessed? Just, just, just bless them. But they looked at it and said, no, that's unconstitutional. They can't pray that. And then, I believe it was 1980, they looked and they said, if the students read the Ten Commandments, they might meditate on them. And if they meditated on them, they might 
obey them. And that would be unconstitutional. So no more Ten Commandments. So therefore, we can't teach thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. And people wonder why America's in the shape that it's in today. What's happening, they say? Well, let's think about it. Madeline Murray O'Hare complained she didn't want prayer in school. And we said, okay. Then someone said, you better not read the Bible in school. And they said, okay. Someone said, we can't teach them to not kill or steal or love your neighbor. And we said, okay. Dr. Benjamin Spock said, you shouldn't spank your children for misbehaving because it might damage them and their self-esteem. And we said, okay. Then they said, teachers and principals can't discipline the children. And we said, okay. They said, no one in school can touch a student that misbehaves. That wasn't in the 80s. They still paddled. I got more paddlings than most of you. But we didn't have nobody shooting up school. No teacher, no principal, no administrator can touch a child anymore for misbehaving because we don't want to be sued. And we said, okay. And then they said, why don't we provide the children with condoms so they can have all the fun they want? And we said, okay. And then somebody said, well, why don't we provide abortions when they get pregnant for underage kids and they don't have to tell their parents? And we said, okay. And then that went out of control. For 50 years, we didn't obey the law, thou shalt not commit murder. It's not about pro-abortion. I mean, it's not about pro-choice. It's about, we, have a, we have a faction of people that's pro-abortion. They're wiping out generations. They're wiping out races. Whether or not what you, how you feel, we've got to go to God's Word. We 100% support, support women. We love women. And you know what? What they don't tell you is the other side. Those that have been damaged. Those that are emotionally destroyed. Those who are now sterile and can't have children from those procedures. They don't tell you the destruction. Or the lives lost. It, 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 has, it didn't just start. It's been a process. And then we said, well, you know, how, 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 can, how can we look at all these things and how can we profit? And this is what's happened in America. Not only have we condoned sin, we've learned how to profit from sin. And, and well, they would say, well, as long as I have a good job and the economy is good and as long as it's in private, it doesn't, if, as long as it doesn't hurt me, I don't care. And so then we ask ourselves, why, why, why do our kids have no conscience? Why, why, why do they have no thought? Why can they just go and kill someone without have, feeling any remorse? Why is it? And if you begin to really think about it, and you look at where we are in 2022, and where we started, and all the things that have happened, and then we look and go, why is all this happening? Well, there's a simple phrase in Scripture that no one wants to talk about. You reap what you sow. We have sown, we've sown sin, destruction, lies, and now we're reaping 
it's time that we come back to the principles of dependence. We declare our independence, but it's time that America declared its dependence once again on God Almighty. Because you can only, when you push so hard, you want to be so free, and you're truly, your freedom is what you're enslaved to. You see, you can't let freedom, your freedom be out of control. It's when people say, well, I want to do whatever I want to do. And so when you start doing whatever you want to do, it'll be your taskmaster. You'll become a slave to it. Titus 3.3 For if we also once were foolish, ourselves disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts, pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. He said, if you follow life and pleasure only, then you'll be a slave to sinful pleasure. We look right now at all the things that we've legalized. And you look at people who are addicted and they're bound. And they need deliverance. They've become addicted to the very thing that when their parents said, don't do that, it's not good for you. They said... I'll do what I want to do. But today, they can't do what they want to do. They have to smoke that. They have to drink that. They have to do this because they're a slave to it. They're a slave to their own bodily desires. Because they didn't do what was right. They did what they wanted. And now they're a slave through addiction. But thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Christ. Sets us free. When we declare our dependence on God, amen, that's when true freedom begins. We don't want to be enslaved. We don't want to be under the rule or the domination. We want to be set free. But freedom is not to do what you want to do. Freedom is to do what is right. The prodigal son came to his father and he said, I want to be free. I, I'm tired of you telling me what to do. I'm tired of you, t- you tell me when I have to come in and when I go to bed and when I get up, when I go to work. You, you, you tell me what friends I can have. And you know what? I'm tired of this. I want to be free. Give me what's mine now. And he left the house with a pocket full of money. And he was going, Woohoo! I'm free! So he went out and started partying and drinking and doing drugs. I mean, he did... This stuff's been around forever. He was doing right, righteous living. Living it up. Righteous, not righteous. Righteous. Oh, but he was having fun. And then his money ran out. And all of his friends left him. And now he's left addicted to all this stuff he's doing. And now he finds his stuff with a job feeding pigs. And now he's eating with them. And he says, man, I had it so much better at home. Anybody else do that same thing? We have a whole nation, a whole generation full of people that say, I can't wait till I leave mom and daddy's house. I'll do what I want to. What, what, we don't, what you don't realize is that all mom and dad was trying to do is keep you safe and keep you from living a life of addiction and destruction. 
Can I tell you today, God is not trying to ruin your fun. God is trying to preserve your life. And I'm going to tell you something. It's way more fun living without addiction. Living without things that take all your money and take your health and ruin your relationships and wreck your life. Ultimately, it'll take your freedom or take your life. But thank God when the prodigal came home, the father saw him. And he restored him. He found out that he had more freedom in the father's house than he thought he did. See, you're never really free if you're not in the father's house. Because it's in the father's house that he gives you freedom. Your real freedom can only be found in Jesus. You're not free just because you live in America. You're not a Christian just because you live in America. Though we were founded on in God we trust. So many people in this generation have now declared their independence from God. But I'm telling you today, as for me and my house, I'm declaring my dependence on God. I can't make it without God. I can't live in this world without God. I can't survive without God. I can't eat, sleep, or breathe without God. We can't. I thank God for freedom. But I realize I didn't get my freedom independent from God. I got it from God. He's the giver. When we forget Him. When we understand that our freedom. There's a word for this freedom in the New Testament. And it's the word redemption. Redemption means to be set free. Can I tell you today, Jesus wants to redeem you from the curse of sin. He wants to redeem you from that thing that you said, I'm going to do it because I want to. I'm free to do it. But now you're not free. You have to do it. Because it's enslaved you. It's destroying you. It's taking your life and your liberty and your happiness. And now you say, I wish I'd have never done it. But now I don't know what to do about it. Let me tell you what to do about it. Give it to Jesus. Declare once again your dependence on Him. Titus 2.11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Do y'all think that's possible? It is possible. Is it hard? Yes. But is it possible? Yes. Let me read it again. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous. For good deeds. Oh let me tell you. If you're really a patriot. If you want to be a patriot. If you want to stand for what this nation was built upon. And stands for and believe. Then once again. You have got to come 
under God. It's going to be because of God, with God. It's not going to be without God. And we read it earlier, and that stood for the people of Israel. It stands for us today. If we forget the God who brought us into this land, blessed us in this land, set this land up, gave it to us, amen, for a blessing. If we forget that God, we will be destroyed. But if we'll come back to God and we'll cry out to God, if we earnestly say, God, bless America, if we live a life, amen, worthy and, and, and in harmony with the will of God, amen, then, then we'll be able to sing, God, bless America. We just sang it. But listen, there's so many people, they can't sing that. They don't believe God. They don't believe in God. They're not under God. They wonder why they're being destroyed. Why is destruction all around? Listen, as we celebrate the freedom of our nation, it's time that we pray once again for this nation. It's time that we stand up for what's right. It's time. Listen, this has just started. America's at odds. America's at war. But I'm going to tell you something. As the church of Jesus Christ, we're not at war and odds with anybody but the devil. We're going to love people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to reach out to people. People that are hurt, hurting. And you know what? They, we, we, no matter what they say or how they act, we're going to stand up and show the love of Jesus. Amen. We're going to show them that there's freedom in Jesus. And without Jesus, there's just destruction. People say, well, you're against them. You're, we're not against anybody. We're for Jesus. We want to share the love of Jesus and say, listen, this world will hurt you. Taking your freedom for granted. Not standing up for truth. What got us here is the church and the believer and the Christian and the American patriot that looked at the minority that's screaming the loudest for something unrighteous and saying, well, it don't affect me, so whatever you want to do, do it. And when it's time to vote, we stay home. And we say, we're going to pray about it. And we say, God knows. But I'm going to tell you something, God does know. But as Americans, we've got to stand up, take our right, and make our voice heard. And we've got to stand up for righteousness in this nation. And as a Christian, he said, we're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, do you want to experience true freedom? I, I, I thank God I live in America. We've been to a lot of nations, and I promise you, it's, none of it's good. We have the best nation, country, foundation. I don't understand what or why. A lot of things happen, but I do know prayer changes things. That prayer we saw earlier, pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, pray for our rulers. And when it comes time to vote, vote not party, not what you think, not how you vote the word of God. You say, Pastor, why is it important to vote according to biblical principle? Because the Bible says when God brings judgment, he doesn't just bring judgment on evildoers, but he brings judgment on those who take pleasure in in them so if you're if you vote for unrighteousness you're going to be judged for unrighteousness it's way bigger 
than a party. It's way bigger than a person. It has eternal consequences. So when you, when you get ready to vote, now, nowadays, it's hard to find a righteous. But you say, who, who, who's the closest? Can I tell you today, Jesus loves you? Jesus loves America. But I'm going to tell you something, it's way more than barbecues and fireworks. It's way more than freedom to do what you want to do. It's freedom to do right. Once again, it's time that we de- declare our dependence upon God. You know, you, know what, you know who I'm claiming my independence from? The devil. He had me bound and shackled and he had me on my way to hell. But thank God because of Jesus I've been set free. And I can declare my independence from hell. And my independence from the devil. And my independence from the curse of the law. Because I'm free, the law said I deserve death. But because of Jesus, amen, I have life. And I have eternal life. And I have life everlasting. And so I say, Lord, I declare my independence from hell and all of its ways. But I declare my dependence upon you. Without you, I can do nothing. His every head is bowed, every eye closed. We live in a a nation today that is so divided. But do not let division get in your heart. We're not divided on color. We're not divided on race. We're not divided on gender. We're not divided. The church is coming together in unity and love for one another and love for this world and love... For the saint and the sinner. We are the hope of this nation. And it's once again time that we begin to pray. And say God truly bless America. But we've got to start. By confessing our sin. You say pastor what sin is that? The sin of independence. The sin of saying, I don't need God. I'm my own person. I can do my own thing, live my own ways. It's gotten me nothing but trouble, disappointment, and ultimately destruction and eternal damnation. And that's not God's purpose and will for my life. Could you just say that prayer with me, dear Lord Jesus? Forgive me for declaring independence from you. I've tried it my way. I've done it my way. It's not working. It's gotten me destruction. I'm enslaved by sin. Addicted. I'm being destroyed from within. Jesus, today, I declare my dependence upon you. 
I need you. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I confess. I'm nothing without you. So today. Jesus. Once again. I'm yours. I declare my dependence. Upon you. Let your strength. Your word, your will, your purpose, your plans be done in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today. Oh, next week you are going to be so blessed, rocked, rolled, laughed. Just uh, Brother Woody Robinson will be with us. Always a glorious time of word and ministry. And so you do not want to miss next Sunday. And uh, what a glorious day it'll be. You have a great, happy 4th of July. Please be safe. And uh, we'll see you Tuesday morning for prayer at 1030. And uh, Wednesday night at 6 o'clock for our service. 630 for service. And uh, what a wonderful time. Pastor Marcelo coming. Uh, Give us our blessing today. Amen. Amen. Yes, let's all stand up. And I saw some people slipping on the, on the camera. Lucy, don't do that, Lucy. <laughs> Did you see it? The camera was showing you how pretty you guys are. That's, that's nice. Yeah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lifted up his countenance and upon you and give you peace. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the freedom that this has in this country, Lord. And we pray for every family this weekend, Lord. They have a blessed time. And remember, Lord, to give thanks for everything you have been done to this country, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you.